Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Racetech. Racetech Gold Dives, pretty much a revalve in a box. Go check them out online. And then when you order through Racetech, whether you're getting engine work done or getting your suspension tuned up, mention Big MX Radio and you're going to save some money while you drop your lap times and help that motorcycle of yours handle that much better. Speaking of hand- helping your motorcycle handle better, have you heard about Luxon MX? This is not just another triple clamp company. These are engineers who are driven to provide products that redefine the status quo. Not only their triple clamps, but they also have linkage system components as well that are going to help you feel more comfortable on your motorcycle. When you feel more comfortable, you feel more safe. When you feel more safe, you drop your lap times. Check out Luxon MX. What I need you guys to do is enter Big MX at checkout and save yourself 10%. Now, on a pair of triple clamps, triple clamps can run as much as maybe $1,000 for a set. So entering Big MX Radio can save you $100 off of the purchase price for those triple clamps, saving you 10%. That'd be fantastic. And you're going to, and you can use that $100 to be able to go to the track and actually use the triple clamps, drop your lap times, enjoy your motorcycle. And you know what? They look pretty good too. Phoenix Handlebars, they are also on board with us. Big MX-15 saves you 15% on Phoenix Handlebars. Um, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, don't have a discount code with those guys, but I can tell you, whether you go to the website, order it on Amazon, no matter what, it's great product. They have stuff that is kind of mild on the heat, just sort of add some flavor. They got some stuff that's going to make your mouth burn if you like it that way. Honestly, I've tried all six of the sauces that they've sent to me, and I love every single one of them for different reasons, whether it's the red habanero or it's the the dill hot sauce. It's a little bit sweeter. A little, It's still spicy, but it's more sweet than it is spicy. Really, really like it, and I've been putting it uh, into practice whether it's my breakfast or my meal prep, you know, no matter what, uh, it's it's really uh, kicking things up a notch as far as my cooking. Like I, I know I'm not the best cook in the world, so it, anything uh, any help that I can get is a huge plus. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to WUSA. You can mention Big MX Radio with my friends John Anderson, Kristen Anderson over at W. You already know they make the best wheel sets in America, bar none, and you can save some money by by mentioning Big MX Radio when you place your order. And Big MX 20 saves you 20% on Guts. Guts Racing, best seat foam, best, best seat bases, never even mind the best seat covers in the sport. And you know what? With the Big MX Radio, uh, Big MX 20 discount code, save yourself 20% and then get yourself a second seat cover, you can get those Velcro seat covers that will allow you to change out your seat cover as frequently as you'd like. And you can have multiple looks. You can go all black. You can go uh, a different, like same color as your bike to sort of add some, uh, some flair. Or maybe, maybe you're a, a KTM guy who goes orange most of the time, but on a mud race, you don't want to mu- muddy up or you kind of get mud, like sort of like ground into that seat cover so that's the weekend that you put on the black seat cover and that's going to look good for a really long period of time so just a thought maybe uh maybe you're uh, chris ryan listening from uh, roster manitoba thinking about what your uh, 2023 ktm is going to look like 
and you're going to go exactly that. You're going to go with the orange, and you're going to uh, couple it with a black one, just so that when you, know, you hit uh, the uh, more sand pits or something like that, that you can, uh, yeah, the, the the sand won't get grown into the, uh, the seat cover, and uh, you'll be looking good uh, on top of that. SKDA Graphics are also on board with us. We're doing a podcast with their owner, Sam, uh, tomorrow, which I guess is today now, Thursday, um, later on this week. So look out for that. We're looking forward to sort of getting to the bottom of all the cool things that have gone on with that particular uh, business. But we're almost five minutes into this podcast, and we haven't even introduced our guest, much less talked to him about all the things that he's been doing within the sport. Nick Tomasuna from MX Locker, as well as just find him on Instagram. He makes a lot of awesome content and goes upside down, sideways, and backwards, just showing off that drain plug left, right, and center. Why don't we go to that right now here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I tell you what, if you're listening to this episode right now, the first person to email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com, we're going to hook you up with a Big Max Radio apparel gift pack, as well as a Race Tech apparel gift pack. First person to email me at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Go do that right now. We're going to give that away to the first person who emails, emails the podcast for this episode. Try your hand at it. Hopefully, uh, we'll get ourselves a winner in the next, uh, well, honestly, in the next few hours because I guarantee there's going to be someone who listens to it right away. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll be giving you uh, an apparel pack from Big MX Radio as well as Race Tech. Thank you guys so much for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Race Tech. Race Tech Gold Valves, basically a revalve in a box. Don't believe me? Call them up. Tell them Brad Gebhardt sent you or Big MX Radio. You're going to save some money on that and your bike's going to be handling better. You're going to drop your lap times like I did this last this last year where I was able to nab my first championship in the sport of motocross after 20 goddamn years of racing. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, the triple nine machine in your program, probably number one when it comes to your Instagram story because he's just making content nonstop. It's very inspiring and it's awesome time to have him on the show. Nick Thomasunas, welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for making some time for us here on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I texted you and I was like, dude, I know you're super busy. You're swamped. You're up to your eyeballs in, in work, but I need to snag 45 minutes from you so that we can get to the bottom of who the heck Nick Thomasunas is, why you run the, the number that you do, as well as just why you're such an infectious individual on social media and what the heck is MX Locker? Where do we start? Um. I don't know. I guess we can start uh, with the full white. We were just discussing this. the full white nine nine nine. That's what uh, I guess most people know me for. Um, I was just telling you that's a whole whole marketing thing in itself. But you know that that and uh, the whole social media thing. That's basically what I'm known for. I'm definitely not known for uh, racing or race results or anything like that. Hey, and you know what? That's totally fine. Heaven forbid anybody actually look up my results over the years. Uh, they might come to find that I might not be uh, as uh, reliable a source on the analysis that I give. But I also would argue that there's plenty of uh, of stick and ball sports uh, analysts that might not even know how to throw a football. Uh, but irregardless, yeah, the the white, super iconic. The number, 
recognizable immediately. Um, why all white? Why the number? And uh, yeah, like you've you've been making videos and, and content regularly for a long period of time. Um, first of all, what is it? What what do you feel it was that inspired you? That like I'm going to start making content to begin with. A lot of times it comes completely organically. You're just sort of like I want to share my story, blah blah blah. Like it like kind of just fun to play around with with Instagram. And all of a sudden, some people start to find it. They connect with it. And then the, the the snowball starts to roll from there. Where does that story f- uh, come in for you? Um, it's funny because I actually used to be really insecure about posting videos of me riding. I used to hate my riding style, hate how I rode. Um, you know, I was one of those guys that I kind of just wanted to focus on going fast when I was young. Um, I always thought, I, you know, I didn't have the flashy style. I, I couldn't really do whips. I couldn't scrub. I couldn't do this and that. And then... Uh, I've ended up posting a couple of videos um, later in my teenage years and I was like 18, 19 and a couple of them did like pretty well. And people are like, damn, this kid has a sick style. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I get, you know, I'm like, thank you, I guess, like whatever. Um, and then I started to just kind of snowball it and it eventually turned into me like fully grinding out videos and, and doing the whole content thing. And it's just, saying like screw racing i don't want to line up anymore like this isn't getting me anywhere you know i I get way more attention i can bring way more value to the brands that i'm associated with by going out and just you know throwing a whip or doing a wheelie and it and it's fulfilling to me that people see that and they're like inspired by it that's really what drives me to continue to do it is like if i can you know inspire a younger kid to go out and you know, buy a bike or do this or put money back into the sport, then my job is complete. That, that That's, that's awesome. And you know what, you kind of just struck a chord with me there because like as awesome as racing is, we cover the races, we watch the races. I'm sure you're uh, like logged into whether it's streaming service or watching on Peacock every Saturday night to watch those guys do their thing. But it isn't always a relatable content as far as just riding your dirt bike. There's a whole lot more kids that just go out there and ride and and just enjoy the sport, whether it's at the track or at a at a, a local spot where the, the cops don't roll uh, roll by too often. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, there's probably more of those people who can sort of align themselves and relate to what you do. And um, like when it comes to the the all white bike, uh, I, I immediately think to like myself of. When, when I think of certain riders, like say Travis Pastrana, for instance, if he had an all white bike, all white gear, all white helmet, nothing on it, you'd still know that's Travis on the bike. It's just a specific riding style. It's the way he holds his elbows up, he, the way he has his chin over the chin bar and those long ass legs, those giraffe legs that he has uh, that kind of give him away. And yeah. Kind of same goes for you, man. Like, uh, like I don't have to look at more than two seconds of the video to know that guy a is a lot more skilled than I am. Uh, but that that it's you on the motorcycle, and, and that's a really powerful thing when it comes to being able to have brand recognition. Because, like you said, when you're able to to have that immediate like no not, not sorry notoriety, but having that recognition from fans, um, then they start to be able to pick apart the other things that you happen to be uh, including in the video, and, and maybe it takes a little bit away from you yourself and they can pick out the things that are visible yeah exactly so that was um one of the main goals with the full white thing um to give you a little bit of a backstory that came up um in 2015 or 16 
Um, I've ended up breaking my femur really, really badly at uh, Loretta's Regional at South of the Border. Um, didn't get to race Loretta's that year. Like I had tons of complications with it. Almost got the thing amputated. Um, had like infections, blood clots, the whole nine yards. That's a that's a whole nother story. Um, but I ended up, you know, I didn't get to the race Loretta's this year did, or that year. Didn't do minios. Was like basically fully off of the map. The only sponsors I really had, um, I was at MTF was at the time was one industries. Um, and I had like a little bit of help from like a hundred percent. Um, but after that, like I tried to like get any sort of help and that was around the time one industries just kind of like dipped out of the sport. So I was, I was sitting there in the hospital bed with my mom and I was like, look, I don't, you know, if I'm going to come back and actually do this, like, let's make a statement with it. So my mom's idea was, you know, let's just go full white, take all of the logos off your bike. Let's not, I don't want to represent anybody that's not foot middle. Like I, we are done. Like it was, it was a full, like I'm, I'm over it basically like a, like an exclamation mark on the track type deal. So it started from that. And then, uh, it actually worked. Like I started getting some recognition and a little bit of help. And unfortunately I had just more, more and more injuries, never really got the results as an amateur. And I turned pro I stuck with it. And I started getting in like racer X all over vital. I started blowing up on the internet a little bit from it. I was like, okay, like, let's just, I'm just going to stick with it for the rest of my career. Like it works so well. Um, and then, you know, I figured like, I'm just going to stay with it until I get that one big sponsor and then when that happens, all that's going to do is bring that company more value because people will be like, oh, this kid has ran all white, no logos on anything for so long. Now this company is on the side, the side of his bike like that, like they're actually helping them like that brings them that brings whatever company that may be a lot in, of marketing and, and recognition. So that's kind of why I've just stuck with it for so long. Right, exactly. Like, if you have a blank cadmus for long enough, uh, anything that does show up is immediately going to uh, draw attention, and that's a really smart thing. And and maybe something that that a few amateur racers that are are listening right now might be able to uh, to put into their uh, bag of tricks as far as uh, marketing and and working with brands. Because in order to be successful at the pro level, you have to have a certain amount of support. You have to have uh, like it, it's an expensive venture. You. You know full well what what the what the dollar signs look like when it comes to to racing pro. Um, what was your preparation like when you when you did uh, like when you were still racing some pro nationals and stuff like that? Like what, where did you said you were at MTF most of the time, and uh, and who were some of the first first early adopters of the all white program to uh, to get their logo on there? Um, so I was at MTF till I was. Um, I think 17 or 18. Um, then I left that. Um, we were still living in Tallahassee. So I was riding like GPF and um, Zach Bell's old house. I think it's called AMX Park or something. Okay. I don't know what it's called now. But uh, I was riding there and then I'd, I'd just ride tracks down south. And that was kind of like my program. Like I didn't have a trainer. I was doing everything on my own. Um, thankfully, uh, the first really ad adopter of that was the all white was Canvas. So, you know, shout out to Michael Lee. He definitely helped me when I was young and he uh, he kind of helped help me get the full white thing going because he was just getting his company started as well. 
And they, I don't even think they had designs on the gear when I first start got in it. Like he was still like, that was basically a, the perfect sink for that. So, you know, he was really the only one that started helping me. Um, and then I had, uh, like a few like local people would help me out, but, um, like I would actually work at GPF. I would work and like cut like weed whack and trim bushes and stuff. And he'd be like, okay, like you do this, you guys can ride for free. Like, you know, whatever you can prep for outdoors here. So I started kind of doing, that was what basically helped me. Does this look oh, you got a Josh Woods. Yeah, that's fine. I had to have a Josh Woods because my first race that I ever went to, Josh Woods was racing for that team. He wasn't number one that year. He was number one the following year. But I had a, I did a very good podcast with Josh uh, about a year ago. And uh, for those who are listening, go back and listen to it. But I had to show you this thing because this is my one of my pride and joy as far as uh, it's a Canadian number one. It's got the two-wheel Kawasaki on, on that. And stuff like that yeah. but uh that's super interesting man like uh woodrow yeah. is really good people yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool because he's from michigan as well i think he's from the other side of the state but um he's from michigan as well so we had like a little bit of like we could relate a little bit to each other and then yeah. you know he would help me out a little bit on the side but you know it was definitely pretty cool um to be involved with that so when it came to your racing, at what point did you eventually uh, come to the realization that you might be able to connect with people better and you, your efforts might be better served by um, just approaching things differently? Maybe not from a racing standpoint, but going out, doing some free riding, uh, hitting tracks, just basically showing off the skills that you do have and, and just getting people hyped on riding dirt bikes. Um, So it's a funny story because this is, it kind of it went on since I turned pro. Like I was already over it. Like after my first pro race, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> as bad as that sounds, but the nail in the coffin was red bud last year. I was sitting on the gate for the first moto and usually like you would get nervous or you would get like butterflies in your stomach. Right. I was sitting there like, dude, I don't even want to be here right now. Like, I don't, this doesn't, this isn't fun. This isn't, like usually even at like going out for the site lap is pretty cool. Right. Especially at your hometown race. Oh, I went out there. I'm like, I don't feel anything like this is whatever. Like it, I just, I feel like a, a clown in a circus basically knowing I'm going to go out. Even if I busted my ass and, and sprinted, I could maybe crack the top 15, top 20. Like maybe if I would, if I put everything into it and, like risk my life feed off the pegs like just going for it right what am i gonna get out of that a thousand dollars that's not even gonna cover like this is a hometown race that wouldn't have even covered my entry fee my license fee and the gas band back like i was i i literally came back after that moment i was like i am done i don't want to do this ever again like this is the biggest waste of time energy money like it doesn't make sense and i don't want to sound like a like a downer but it just didn't make sense to me anymore and i i had already kind of started to gain a little bit of a following just from posting cool clips or whatever on the internet and i was like okay i'm already involved with mx locker and these brands like let's push that side of things and see if I can see a return on the other side of the business from it. And I did. Right. And I was like, okay, 
that makes way more sense logically and financially to do that than if I was to go to drive to Millville, 16 hours to Millville, like two weeks from that. So I was like, like, it just didn't make sense, you know? Absolutely. And, and not to sound sour at all, but you're, you're not the first person that has uh, told me that they um, went to pro racing, went to a pro national and the juice wasn't worth the squeeze as far as like all of the effort needed to, like you said, maybe put in a 19th. When people look back on him, like, oh man, you got a 19th. Like that's half decent, like half decent. That's the, like, that is like, that was the, that, like that my best day is what you call half decent. Like that is like, you know what I mean? Like the amount of effort and the time and the the blisters and broken bones that come along with an, a result that on paper, most people are kind of going, oh man, that's not, that's not yeah. bad, huh? Like yeah. that that's like, it's, uh, um, that's a, a real way like that's a real quick way to get uh kind of turned off and, and soured by the whole thing especially when uh when it comes to maybe approaching sponsors and stuff like that yeah like the 19th doesn't look like too much to sneeze at especially when the, yeah. it comes to like even like I, i'm just as guilty when i cover the sport if i if i review the race i spend 15 minutes talking about the top three and 15 seconds talking about the the, the back the the back half of the top 20 and that's yeah. just because of of, of what people want to hear most amount of information about um so from that perspective yeah it doesn't totally make dollars and cents or real sense uh common sense to go out there and 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 bash your head against the the wall which hats off to the guys who do like honestly the the josh grecos of the world and the john shorts of the world who like go after it and they're they're having fun i think anyway um but yeah, uh maybe <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe they're maybe they're just kidding themselves but uh you yourself were able to sort of uh yeah like kind of like break the chains a little bit and say you know what like i can do more from from where i'm at and i can i can create the content i can be uh i can be the the cameraman or the, i can be the director of my own show and you know yeah. what I mean? Or I can have my own circus. And and honestly, that's a lot of I, I can completely vibe with that because like um, most people would aren't surprised to find out that like I put out a resume to Racer X. I put out a resume to Transworld. I, I approached Vital or whoever else to, to write for them. The only person who's ever told me no is Big MX Radio because it's me. And I, I, I have some nice job security because there's no way that I'm ever getting fired from this gig because my initials are B.I.G., for big MX radio. And I, I absolutely love it is that I have the ability to um, put this on, on the internet, whether it's uh, YouTube, which is, that's what this is going to go towards as well as a podcast on iTunes, as well as Spotify for episode 907. And uh, yeah, I've, I, I just keep lining up and I, I can like, as a vet rider from Canada at 34 years old, can, can, can make a go of this and this be my full-time gig. So um yeah, man, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing if you can uh, sort of grab hold of it yourself. And it uh, sounds like since you've been doing that, you've been awfully successful with it. And that's sort of where MX Locker really starts to step into the picture. And um, and just in a short period of time, you guys have have been growing that. And to be honest, there's still a lot of growth to be had there. Oh, yeah, um, there's there's a lot of growth to be had. Um, I think our app's only been out since June of 2021 or may of 2021 um before that we were just kind of like a website that would just buy and sell gear off like privateers and flip it um but ever since we launched the app in the marketplace it's things have just taken off 
and I'm not going to take full credibility for at all. Um, my partners, Ryan and Andrew, they have done a lot of work to get this thing off of the ground, like a lot of work. But um, I seem to be the uh, almost like the face of it because I'm a little bit more publicly known than them. But those dudes have put in so much work. Like even today, like we fucking 7 a.m. till literally I'm sure they're still working. Like, it's just unbelievable. But, um, yeah, it's it's taken off, and it's definitely uh, made me realize some things about the other side of the sport and how much money there is in the sport. Um, not that I didn't understand that before, but when you actually start to physically see the numbers, you're like, dang, like, okay, this – you can make a lot more from this than even if I was to get – a miraculous factory factory ride and those big salaries like you can still have a lot more potential with a business than a racer one injury as a racer you're done you're spit off the back you know you're you got that injury clause that 50 60 percent injury clause you are forgotten about so you know it's it's awesome to be involved with a business and be able to have a an actual salary coming in and have benefits and this and that. And like you said, job security, you know, that's, that's awesome to be, especially at 24 years old. It's, it's a great feeling knowing that I'm still able to be involved with the industry. Um, just not have to risk my life 24 seven. Yeah. Well, you still risk it for the biscuit every once in a while when you're, uh, <laughs> uh, making that thing, you're just showing drain plug. I, I'm just like trying to take notes. I'm like how to show drain plug. Um, I'm not currently capable of it, perhaps one day. Um, but you're totally right. Like there's, there's absolutely a market for like, whether like picking up, uh, whether it's riders pro gear or special edition stuff, if you're able to like sort of consolidate that and then make that available to a broader audience, um, that allows you to have that, like that there, it, the, the market of motocross, we always talk about, Oh, it's so, so small. It's so small. Well, like every single stadium in every single state has 60,000 people to, to, to fill those, the, those seats and scream for blood. And, and honestly, that's probably not even a really good representation of how many people are really interested in the sport in North America mm -hmm. alone, let alone globally. Um, and yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a whole lot bigger than a lot of people would have you realize. And honestly, sometimes I think even the, the companies themselves downplay it so that they're not, like they're not on the hook to sort of support as much as they're really at because they, they sort of like, yeah, it's, it's just a small market out there, you know, man? Like, I don't yeah. know. I, <laughs> I think of like, just as far as like numbers wise, like when I think of like the podcast numbers that I pull, like if I get 20,000 downloads for a podcast, I'm like, that's only one third of a stadium. Like I, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm missing out on, on another two thirds of the people that could be out there listening. And, and I like that encourages me to keep going and keep grabbing for more of that stuff. Because the reality is, is that like, um, I say like, a guy like Hayden Deegan has a million over a million followers on his, uh, on his Instagram or not his Instagram. Yeah. yeah he's down close to a million on his Instagram. Like, so if I'm at 20,000, just listening to my show, that's like, I'm literally not reaching 90% of 95% of his audience. Like mm -hmm. I'm slacking somewhere. Right. So, uh, if I'm able to, to like, there, I have so much more room to grow and, and, and so does everybody else as far as, um, putting out content and stuff like that. But, uh, I think you guys are ser seriously onto something. And like I said, I, I see that sort of continuing to grow over time. 
Um, what have you seen in the last, say, I guess it's been about 18 to 24 months of it growing and, and sort of uh, changing into, into what it's into what it's become now, into what it's going to be in the future? Um, how, how have we sort of, sort of gotten to there um, in that process? Um, I don't know. Really, like the, the biggest thing I have noticed in this this industry People, I guess it's not, it's not a secret. Like people are constantly, they need new stuff, right? They need new gear, new parts, new whatever, right? That's what's so great about what we do is we offer the ability to buy and sell your stuff. So say you're, you know, I I actually used to do this. So I would buy boots. I would buy boots off MX Soccer, wear them for like three months, sell them for I don't know, 380, 400 bucks. I buy them for 450. I buy a new pair and I'm only paying like 50 bucks for a new pair of boots, right? So we're, we basically power the circular economy with that. And people are constantly in need of something. So people, yeah. there, there's just a huge market. And I guess I didn't even realize that when I first got involved. It's just how many, how many dollars there is in this sport. Oh, for sure. And yeah, like maybe, maybe not everybody can go grab themselves a brand new pair of instincts, but they can sure as heck get their hand. Like they would love to, to part ways with 70% of the purchase price for a pair of instincts that got some time on them. And like, no mm-hmm. offense to me, but like, if you're buying a three, three month old set, set of, uh, of instincts off of me, they probably got nine rides on them and you can barely tell if the soles have even been touched. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so yeah, like clean them up something fierce and, uh, and yeah, that can be, it can be part of somebody else's repertoire. I think that's a really cool thing that you guys have. Um, and, and you guys have also been able to work with some, uh, some pretty cool individuals like, uh, uh, Connor from, um, it's, uh, buttery films, buttery. Yeah. Like you guys have worked with him yeah. before and that, that's really cool as well. Like that, obviously like he's got a great reach. So, um, how did that kind of sort of come about? Like, uh, you guys were teaching each other how to do whips or what? <laughs> so I don't really know him personally. Um, that okay. was more Ryan. Um, but I have met him a couple of times and I will say that dude is the most laid back chill person I've ever seen. Um, we were talking to him at a one and there's just a line of people to see that guy. It's unbelievable. And to me, I'm like, one, that's cool for the Brandon to be involved in that. Two, that just shows and reassures me that there is a big market in motocross. And I haven't even hit anything like on my personal side and the the content creation and influencer, if you want to say, side. Like for that guy to have a line of 30, 40 people just waiting to shake his hand is just unbelievable. Like there was a bigger line for him than like Tomac and Roxon. Like it, it's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, but I think the reason for that is, is like no offense to Eli or Ken is that a, they don't have like, you don't get any time with them. If I was going to a supercross race tomorrow, I'm going to the back 40. I'm going to go have lunch with Josh Greco. A, Cause he probably knows where to get it for free B um, because he'll actually like bro down with you and you can chat with somebody that's like, well, I don't know, like seven seconds a lap slower than Tomac, but like a million seconds faster than me. Like, 
and where like is the way it's all set up like you basically roll through the autograph line like most of those guys barely look up like the only time i actually had a back and forth with anybody in an autograph line was james stewart in like 2005 when uh, he threw he threw the 259 on there instead of the seven because uh, it was a two-stroke poster i'm like yeah he knew what i wanted but like <laughs> it's it's totally different like that like when it with a guy like connor like you can you can touch and feel and you he'll like he'll take a second to to bro down with you because he knows the value in that because every single time he does that is a person who won't miss a single video he puts out and if you can do that with x number of thousands of kids that's x number of thousands of kids who every time that notification bell goes off on 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 uh, youtube they're watching and they're commenting something positive or what or they're you know what i mean they're clicking through and, and supporting the sponsors and stuff like that and, and there's there's a lot of value in that. Uh, whereas I think a lot of the teams, because like I don't know if you've noticed, but like personal sponsors have gone pretty much out the window for factory superstars. Like, like back in our day, it was like everybody had a shoe deal. Everybody had this or that. Like it was sort of contingent on like if if my personal sponsors are successful, I'll get that much more money than the following year when it's time to re-up my contract. But guys don't really have that anymore. So it's like, these are my team sponsors. I have to wear the shirt that's got all the stickers on it and stuff like that and just sort of like cycle people through. Um, and I, I don't know that that creates that same connection that you're able to make or that Connor's able to make with people who that there's that little personal touch that's necessary to like, that's honestly, it's the marketing version of like uh, customer service. Yeah. Yeah. And personality plays a huge role in that too. Um, yeah. Like Connor's personality is a lot more, uh, I don't want to say likable, but it's a lot more relatable than like a Tomac. Like you don't even really know who Tomac is behind the scenes, you know, but you know, uh, totally. a, a Connor Erickson or like a, I don't know who's another one, like his buddy, like medium. Um, like yeah. they both just have a crazy following and it's because of their personality, you know? Obviously, they're pretty damn good on a bike, too, but like their personality and them willing to to have that back and forth, like you were saying with their fans is what brings them that line of 50 people. Yeah, exactly. That's the relatableness where someone can say, like, see uh, Medium and Connor like chilling in the van. Like, that's that's exactly how me and so and so chill in the van. And we talk Mm -hmm. shit and they talk shit. And and that's something that is is something that people can really relate to and they can connect with. And I think that's really like the sort of the linchpin to their success is that like people who watch can like basically put themselves in that same situation. And a lot of like they get to ride a whole lot more than people ever wish they could ride. Um, so, so a lot of people are sort of living vicariously through all the shenanigans that they do. Plus, sometimes they're connected with some pretty hot looking women. So that helps, too. Um, but uh, so for you, when it comes to content creation, um what makes uh, Nick Tomasumo uh, like creation? Like what, what are some of the elements that need to be there for you? Um, honestly, probably just the all white. I feel like that's the big, uh, that's the big click thing, right? The all yeah. white bike, the all white gear. Um, but like when I go out and I have, yeah, yeah. Whips are, whips are the thing, but you know, a lot of people can do that. Right. Um, I definitely tried to separate myself a little bit by trying to do like some weird, like just out of pocket shit on a bike. Like I stuff that is so like, you just wouldn't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to do. Like I'll just wheelie over something like, that's just not what you're, that's not how you attack a a tabletop, right? You're supposed to jump it. 
a wheelie over, even if it's slower, it just looks cool. It it's the it gives you that wow factor, right? Yeah. But um, like I have a whole thing. Like if I go out and ride, what's the the fifteenth February fifteenth? I haven't ridden since January, the Sunday after A one. But I I go out and I'm like, okay, I want a camera on me at all times. I want to have three weeks worth of of posting. Like oh, you got to constantly. Oh, dude, I. I still have stuff to keep me going till like April. Nice. Like it start it, like that's my goal is like okay, if I'm not riding as much as I would like, I need to go out and get and just like you said stock the shelves because that's, you know, that's what keeps the the wheels turning. Absolutely. And then that's what actually uh, like when I talk to guys who want to do podcasts and stuff like that, or any type of doing content is that like, you can't wake up with bare shelves. You can't because if, if I'm tasked with not only posting the content today, but creating the pot, the content today, I am so far behind the eight ball. It's not even funny. Like it is not, it is not happening. Like you, you, you like, might as well just like throw the white flag up because it's last lap and the race is over because it's not happening. So you really do need to go out there and like, like figure out, how many, whether it's reels for a certain amount of time or if it was YouTube content, like figure out how much B-roll you need, how much like trackside content you need, collect it, put it into its buckets. And then, like you said, stack the shelves and, and make sure that it kind of comes out on a regular basis. And that's another thing where a lot of people sort of uh, like they, they miss the mark on is they need to be able to count on you. Is that like mm-hmm. the, the reason why Monday Night Football is so spectacular is because Mondays suck and it's always on. Like yep. people end their Monday knowing that Monday night football is on because, and like if they turn their television to uh, what is it? Uh, NB or uh, ESPN, I think it's ESPN. I don't know. Regardless, they put it on the channel and the football is on. They know they can count on it. Same thing with like, whether it's an Instagram story or TikTok, is that like, they know if I open TikTok, I'm going to have a brand new piece of content from blank or if, whether it's one time a week, three times a week, five times a week. Um, what, where people make the mistake is doing it five times a week and then doing zero and then doing seven times in one week and then doing two. Like, could you imagine a TV show that drops like seven episodes one day and then like, you don't hear from them for a month. You'd be like, what the actual, like, what is happening here? So, uh, that's something that, that not, not enough people talk about as far as like kind of doing the whole influencer thing and this is actually one of the things that i sort of like like immediately thought of when you said it is that when you become a quote-unquote influencer you immediately like ah don't call me that like uh that's 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 not me bro (laughs) it's so funny because i get like people are like oh you're kind of like an influencer no no one's getting influenced by me not as far as like i hope they're not anyway um but i i I, like yeah it's something like you don't even want to put yourself in that sort of like pedestal or something like that but uh yeah yeah well i mean some people some people definitely try to put themselves on a pedestal. Um, but I think can, it's those people that p- make people like myself be like, no, nah, that's not me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I mean, that's the, I guess that's the terminology for it, but I don't really yeah. see myself as that. Like, um, I just see myself as a guy that just likes riding his bike. And like, I like, I literally, I, I used to film and edit and that was like my second thing I loved besides riding. So I just put the two together and I'm like, okay, this is what I am now. Like, like it or not. That's awesome. Well, let, let's turn things back to, to um, MX Locker a little bit. Yourself as well as Ryan, Andrew, 
within when you guys get together and sort of talk about what the experience is for the customer uh, or the app user, like how would you say is the most optimal way to to put that uh, technology into practice for you on like whether it be a a, a weekly monthly basis? Um. Well, okay. So there's there's a couple ways people use or. So we have like dealers that will, they're obviously, that's their job is to, to sell product, right? Um, and then we have like the flippers, the people that will go on Facebook Marketplace or even MX Locker and they'll they'll offer you this and they'll buy it and turn around and flip it. Um, but like for the average consumer, if you're just trying to, to put some extra cash in your pocket, just go dig through your garage. I guarantee you, you have something that you don't need anymore. Like 99% of people have that, right? So that's like that's these. the best user experience for that is like okay you can go <laughs> yeah i mean shoot you can sell those on there <laughs> if you wanted to like even those jerseys behind you that's a couple that's a couple of thousand dollars worth of jerseys right there easily yes sir so especially if they're signed so yeah i mean you can sell stuff and then if you're looking to get a deal on like a pair of tech tens or like some some lightly used like wheels or whatever it is right pipes pipes are big like suspension um you know you can literally like if say the price is five thousand dollars for this aid kit and you message this guy and you're like would you take 4800 you can literally submit an offer info's on there you can print a label through us throw it in, throw it in a box put the label on you know the minute it arrives to you you can either confirm with us or like 48 hours like the funds released to this to the uh, seller and you're good to go like that transaction is done so like i got to imagine there's, there's probably a lot of legwork that you that is involved on your back end to make sure that people don't get screwed or don't get uh kind of had by others yes. um like and there's people who unfortunately are always trying to to take advantage of certain situations uh tell me about a time that uh, something along along those lines happened, and how do you guys handle it? Well, we've had people ship. We've had people use like fake tracking numbers, or you know, ship the wrong product, or ship like it's pretty. I wouldn't say it's often, but you know, these cases come up here and there where people will will post something when they first got it, or like a like they just say plastics, for example. They just got these brand new plastics. Put you know our graphics on them, like whatever, you know, all clean, right. They'll post a photo of that and then they'll ship mm -hmm. them like post moto, like dirty cracked. And the person will be like, well, you know, what the hell, like what, it, what, why did I just pay $200 for $60 plastics? You know? Yeah. So we have like a whole policy. You can go and read our like full refund and return policy on that. But like we have buyer and seller protection. That's why we have like that 48 hour period after um, the buyer receives their product so they mm -hmm. can either report it and say like this item, you know, is not as described. And then, then uh, that'll go to our support team and our support team will handle that. Um, and, you know, figure out a way to resolve that and make sure that both the seller, the seller isn't getting screwed and the buyer isn't getting screwed. So okay. we have like a whole thing in line for that. But yeah, there's definitely been a couple of times where people have done some, some pretty shitty things. Um, and that's just, that's on, unfortunately it falls on us, right? It falls under MX soccer, but that's like the user themselves, like the seller themselves. That's they, you know, pe some people are just like that. You know, some people love being 
trying to scam or do this or that or whatever. But yeah, like I could easily see someone buying a brand new tech of uh new pair of tech or like tech tens or Fox instincts, uh, taking some pictures of them going and motoring down for a couple of weeks and like not washing them the way they're supposed to, uh, and then selling them for a little bit less than what they paid for them. And then they ship off some boots that are, are completely mangled or they happen to ride in, uh, in Georgia. So they're just stained like bread or has something along those lines. And someone gets them and they're like, yeah, these, these boots are hooped. Like, uh, especially if you run like razor sharp pegs or something like that and just like gnarl the bottoms of them or something like that. But, uh, I would, I would expect that like that. And that's everywhere. Like literally like you, like you go on Instagram, there's nice people, there's assholes. You you go on TikTok, there's more assholes than nice people, but they're there. Uh, you know, like I actually, I think it's funny. Like literally like my, my rule of thumb is if people are saying mean things to you on the internet, that's kind of like a rite of passage. That means you've made it. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Like if people, like, if people have some mean things to say to you, you're like, ah, I've made it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like the, I'm sure there's there's people like that, but for the most part, like the motocross community is such a cool community in the fact that people love to share stories. People love to share gear and everything else that comes along with that. Like how many times have you gone to the track where you forget something at home, whether it's a helmet, boots, jersey, and like, yeah, putting on somebody else's helmet is not my favorite thing to do uh, to get some throttle therapy, but if it needs to happen, it'll happen. And, and people are, are often like, honestly, people that I haven't even met before. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, just like, I got an extra set of boots. Go like, like you're not driving all the way out here not to go ride. Um, and I feel like this is a little bit of an extension of that is that people who maybe they don't have a dealer that's like really good around them, or maybe that like that, the dealer, like there was a, I noticed you guys had like a really LE set of uh, Fox instincts. Those like green ones that yeah. uh, those are extremely hard to get your hands on. And like, if you weren't part of that, like exclusive, like I think it was 72 three people that ended up getting boots. Like if you weren't part of that, like shit, shit out of luck. But this sort of like expands that it allows people to, to maybe get their hands on something that they wouldn't otherwise be access, access to. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. We've had, uh, you know, like we've had those Fox instincts pop up. We've had some pretty crazy stuff. Like, like I'm not going to name names like X factory riders will make like, you know, different named accounts like anonymous accounts and they'll sell like their old like athlete only stuff. Um, so we have like a lot of athlete only stuff pop up. We've had Red Bull helmets pop up. Like we've had monster lids, monster, um, like apparel, Red Bull, like all of that, that stuff. We have some, like if you go and you go on the scroll hole on our app, like you'll see like some pretty cool stuff that, like the general public can't get their hands on, which is, you know, just another cool thing about our app. This app. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I always, I, I have that, like, it's one of the only apps that's not like hidden in my phone. Cause I'm actually in there. I like, I keep everything all kind of like put away and whatnot, but that one is right on the main page. Um, and that's pretty cool. And that actually sound, kind of sounds like, I don't know why a professional athlete would have had to sell some of his stuff. I hope it wasn't because he needed to, um, but uh, like that does happen. Uh, mo- I would I would like to think the majority of that happening would be so, like because some of these guys get so much stuff, like whether it's hats yeah. or helmets or whatever. I remember one year. I don't know if you remember this one magazine. This is actually a lot of years ago, so you might not be old enough to remember. But they did a thing where they went through like the top guys and listed like how many pairs of what 
got sent. And they had uh, Oakley sent James Stewart 250 pairs of goggles throughout the year. That's a pair of goggles for all but 110 days of the year. And it's like, are you kidding me? I don't think, like, I've been racing since 2001. I don't think I've owned 20 sets of goggles. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just because I get a lot of use of out, out of stuff. Maybe I've had more than 20. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's certainly not over 50. And, um, yeah, it just kind of blows my mind to, like, the, the amount of product that these guys get sent out. So, yeah, if they have this stuff at their house, they're like, hey, like, this is taking up a lot of room. Um like I have the buying a storage space so that I can keep all of my jerseys and stuff like that. Or I talked to guys, who was I talking to the other day? It was like, yeah, like I have lots of jerseys, but no, or I have no lots of pants, but no jerseys. So yeah, there's that's, like, that's a whole nother thing. A lot of these riders have, they'll have so many pairs of pants. They can't give the Jersey or like send the Jersey with, cause it has their name number, like all the logos printed on it. Like I remember, yeah. um, I'm again, I'm not going to name names, but I've, uh, we bought a bulk, like a bulk deal from one of these, this rider. And it had these logos on it, like stitched onto the pants. I remember my girlfriend and I were sitting here and we literally had to like, stitch the, yeah, we had to unstitch the logos on it so we could sell it. Cause the rider was like, Hey, like we'll do this. Like take those logos off. So I don't get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. You guys got to take the ET three off the back. Cause people are going to (laughs) know. Hey, if That's it was awesome. ET3, I would probably have it hanging up on the wall here. Yeah, I'd probably just keep that and just be like, yeah, yeah, we sold them. Don't worry about it. But uh, that's super interesting. <laughs> so people can go find the, the app on MX Locker. Uh, is there anywhere you guys don't ship to? Like, is this is like worldwide, coast to coast to coast, or what's the deal? That's up to the seller. Um, we have okay. the ability, like our, our shipping system has the ability to ship anywhere in the world, like literally anywhere. Um, that's up to the sellers. Like if they list something, they can have a switch that like, if they don't want to ship to like Canada per se, or South America, or wherever they don't want to ship to, they can switch it off and they can set, they can set their own shipping rates and you know, the whole nine yards. So they're not getting screwed on shipping as well. And we have like a full shipping cali or shipping calculator to tell you like exactly how much it would cost to ship from your zip code to, you know, california or whatever wherever the other zip code is so we have like all of that so people if they do their due diligence they don't really get screwed on shipping fair enough just just one more opportunity for people to not ship to canada the discrimination (laughs) is real although i live about an hour away from the border so there is a nice service called mike's parcel pickup that you can just use their address as an american address and that's how i used to get like all all the companies that used to send me free stuff that they wouldn't send to canada i'm like ah just send it to so and so and then i'd drive across pick it up head back yeah that that was like yeah mike's parcel pickup would would send me like half the stuff and then and then like actually like well, I don't think Revenue Canada is listening, but what I would do is I would bring a, a custom painted helmet with me as I'm driving down and like they want to charge you like duty as you go back. Right. They want to charge you for like what you bought because you bought it out of country. Uh, so I would have my helmet with me and they're like, well, would you go pick up from Mike's parcel pickup? And I'm like, I just had I, like I had someone paint the helmet and they're like, oh, how much was it? I'm like he did it for free. And the guy's like, oh, OK, well, you're good to go. Meanwhile, there's like fucking a kit suspension in the backseat of my truck (laughs) no one's the wiser it's fine don't worry about it but that's super interesting and fun uh where can people follow along with your story uh and continue to sort of uh, get to know uh you nick 
Um, obviously, Instagram is another the number one. Um, that's just my name, Nick Thomasunas. Um, same with TikTok and like literally everything I'm on is just Nick Thomasunas, right? Because nobody's gonna take that username. True. But um, I'm sure shortly, like pretty soon, once I can ride. Um, like I said, I haven't ridden in a couple months. But once I can ride, um, my girlfriend's a photographer and I'm going to get her a film camera and we're going to get on the, the whole YouTube grind. So I'm going to start pumping those out like like just as consistent as Instagram. Um, I got to kind of load load the gun with that stuff before I start doing that. Right. Yeah. Stock you got to stock the shelves, baby. But um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, show a little bit more of my personality on YouTube. So if they want to just follow and, and see the the Instagram bangers. They can go. Follow me on Instagram or TikTok, but um, they want to learn more about me, and it'll definitely be on the YouTube. Fair enough. So, for those who aren't already following on YouTube, Nick Thomasunis, more content coming out soon. But if you can't wait, uh, go straight to Instagram, Nick Thomasunis on Instagram. Great follow, great information, and uh, this was a great time, man. I really enjoyed kind of getting to know you a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about MX Locker. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's it's nice to kind of break the monotony of uh, staring at a computer screen. So I actually get to talk to somebody for once. Absolutely, man. Any anytime you need to uh, to chop it up, I'm um, I'm always here. I, I'm on at this desk, uh, putting out the latest and greatest for podcasts and and talking about uh, all of my amazing sponsors that that make it all possible for me to uh, yeah, basically just hold down this chair and make sure it doesn't fly away. <laughs> Heck yeah. Awesome, man. Well, for Nick Thomas Sooners here on the Big MX Radio Podcast, this being episode 907. We thank you so much for joining us here on a Wednesday. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you that you always get to watch these videos immediately as they come out. Maybe like comment something mean below so you know that I'm doing a good job. And uh, yeah, follow Nick and everybody else. So uh, Nick, this was, this was a lot of fun. Thanks again for making the time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right, man. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Great conversation with Nick Thomasunas. Honestly, can't get enough of that guy. Great conversation. Awesome time talking to him uh, about his entire sort of history within the sport. I think we needed to maybe even dig a little bit deeper into his introduction to the sport and how he sort of came up in the the Michigan area, what type of tracks that he raced and stuff like that. Maybe you guys are more familiar with him than I'm already than I was uh, going into the podcast. Of course, I'm familiar with his stuff on Instagram, TikTok, and and uh, more and more getting onto the YouTube side of things. But I was I was amazed with this guy. I thought he was really really good. Um, I thought uh, he had a lot of cool things to offer and an interesting perspective on professional racing. Uh, for those who are uh, listening to the podcast, hopefully you had an opportunity to uh, email the show uh, at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. That's my personal email. Hopefully you guys don't just flood my inbox with emails, but if you do, uh, honestly, I've never turned away a, uh, a direct message on Instagram, much less an email. So yeah, shoot me a text, shoot me an email, uh, and uh, yeah, let's keep the conversation going. 
Uh, if Sean Wedge happens to be listening to this episode, uh, Sean, really appreciate you taking the time to listen. We're 55 minutes in, and that's 55 minutes into your workout. So good on you, my friend. Uh, you've definitely uh, been putting in the work over the off season, and I'm looking forward to heading out to uh, um, some sand tracks or uh, some hard pack stuff here and around uh, Winnipeg uh, before we head on out to Alberta so that we can both become world's champions. Um, Thanks everyone for taking the time to listen. Have yourselves a great rest of your day. Take care.